glad you guys are here today. Welcome to Hope Church, and uh, thanks for singing with us and worshiping Jesus with us. And it's Christmas, um, and we are um, going to have the next two weeks to get all of our Christmas shop. Next seven days. The next two weeks we'll be celebrating Christmas, two Sundays, this Sunday, and then actually we'll celebrate next Saturday. Um, next Sunday we won't have church. We're going to take off and spend time with our family, and you should do that as well. And so don't be working, don't be working next Sunday. Um, take a break. And so we're glad you're here today. We're in a series called What Was Seen. What was seen at Bethlehem. What was seen at Bethlehem. And we're glad you guys are here today from wherever walk of life you come from. If you're here just for a few weeks, I met some people from Wisconsin they said when they left, it was 17 below. That's the opposite of hell. And uh, actually, 17 below is like hell, I think. That's freezing. And so um, that, that's miserable. And so they're here today having a good time with us in this hot weather. And then all of us Floridians, we're kind of like, man, it'd be nice to get some cold weather. And when we, when we say cold weather, we mean like just in the 70s somewhere, like high 70s. And um, like I, I was at the park this week with my little, um, with my, my twins, my two-year-olds. And I saw this lady and she was um, from Connecticut and she had a jacket on. I said, your friends from Connecticut would be making fun of you right now. You're wearing a jacket. You've gotten used to being a Floridian. And um, full disclosure about that story, this lady comes, I get to the park and I'm walking up and I see this lady there and she's got these two little girls coming up and I'm not very smart. Those of you guys that have been at the church for a while, I'm not smart at common sense is, is kind of hard for me sometimes, it's not so common, but this lady walks up and she's got two little babies and they look like they'd be about the same amount of height and so I just assumed that they were twins. And so I say, ma'am, are those, I said, are they, are they twins? And she said, yeah. I said, oh, the, mine are two and I don't even know my two are at, you know, she's like, this guy's a terrible dad. I got one over there. I've got one over there on the bike trail, like dodging cars, like playing Frogger. And um, he's just running back and forth. And, and so I'm watching him. She's like, are you, do you have twins? I said, yeah, that's my daughter and that's my son. She goes, well, how old are they? And she, I said, two. I said, how old are you? She goes, oh, mine are two as well. And so you guys are about to catch on in just a second. So she goes, oh, um, I said, when's their birthday? And she goes, August. And she goes, when's their birthday? I go, oh, mine is, a, my, my twins, their birthday is in January. And um, I just keep rolling. She's like, oh, I said, I said, what date? And she goes, I said, January 29th. I was so confident. <laughs> and then I was like, wait a minute, their birthday's not in January. <laughs> <clears throat> their birthday's not in January. Like, I, I don't know that all the, like, I know my, my, my firstborn, my daughter, nine, like, daughter's nine, she, she's 10. Like, I know hers is a, a nine, she's August 10th. I knew that. I was confident about that. But the other three, the, my, my five-year-old, his birthday's in January. And I think it's the 29th. I don't know. It's not probably, but it's, so he's in January. I'm like, I said, ma'am, I said, I lied. I said, they're, they're two. They are two. They're born in August. And she goes, when's their birthday? I go, August 29th. I was confident. I was like, I got that. So I got home and I was like, dad, you're not going to believe this. I met this lady. Our twins are, are four days apart. I said, she goes, are they two? I said, yeah, four days apart. And so she goes, I said, I started unpacking the whole story for her. Like I would do for, like I just did for you guys. And she goes, babe, she's telling me, I'm telling her, she's like listening to me. It's hard for me to me to tell a story because I get so excited. I start talking really, really fast. And so I'm telling the story and she's like, hun, I said, what? I said, let me finish my story. So I got to the end. She goes, can I talk now? I said, yeah, you can talk now. I said, you waited a long time. <laughs> she goes, can I talk? I said, yeah. She goes, our, our twins are born on August the 25th. <laughs> I was like, oh, man. I said, but now I know. Now I know. It's just too much for me to remember, you know. I've just, you know, I've, my mind works in spurts, you know. Just sometimes I remember some things and some things I don't remember. And a lot of you ladies are judging me right now. And um, I think, you know, my wife says when, when you have kids that you have, when you have babies, you lose part of your memory. And I feel like I got that too. And so I don't remember some of the dates. 
Um, but we're glad you're here from wherever you came from. Met a couple from Atlanta, Georgia, and they're from a church plant. And they said, we're coming to check out this church plant. And so we're just glad you guys are here today. Some of you guys are home from, from vacation, from college, and we're just glad you're here. We want you to know this, you're welcomed and you're wanted here. We don't care where you've been, but we believe this about you. Your best days are ahead of you. Your best days are ahead of you. God's got a great plan for your life. And so if you're like, man, I'm just, things can't get any worse. The good news for you today is that the best days are ahead of you and things can get better. But we've been looking at this series in this, in this talk, what was seen at Bethlehem. And our very first week one, we looked at the wise men, the wise men. And, and you know, if you have a nativity scene or if you've, um, historically, we all, we, there's three gifts there at the, that were brought to the manger um, by, by the wise men, we automatically assumed that there was three because there was gold, frankincense, and myrrh, and there's, those were symbolic. But for all we know, it could have been 30 guys. It could have been one guy that brought three different gifts. But nonetheless, the wise men, and we, we talked about the fact that this, the wise men missed Christmas. The wise men, they missed Christmas. The wise men missed Christmas. They didn't get there. They weren't at the manger scene. When we buy the manger, they're there, but they got there much later. They, they were following a star, and they started walking, and they didn't get there until much later. Jesus was actually a toddler by time they got there and that six months, maybe even two years old, we don't really know, but he, he was, they missed it. And we realized this when we miss Christmas, we really miss Jesus. And when we miss Jesus, we miss out on peace. And one out of one people in this room in here today want peace. If I were to walk up to you today and I say, I have a million dollars in one pocket and I have peace in the other pocket, most of you guys in here today, you're like, I'll choose the million dollars, be careful. You would choose peace because in reality, a million dollars eventually would run out. But if you could have peace, you would take that because peace will last forever. When you miss Jesus, you miss out on peace. And the wise men missed out on Christmas that day. And the very next week, we had a guest speaker, one of our overseers, talk about a Joseph, the father of Jesus-ish. And um, Joseph, we learned the fact that Joseph was a good father. And the reason why Joseph was a good father was because he knew the, the perfect father. He knew the perfect father, which is, which is, which is in heaven. And, he, and, he, and if you're a believer in here today, he lives inside of us today. And the good news about the father is that whether you, whether, no matter what kind of father you have here on this earth, we all have a heavenly father for a son or daughter of Jesus. And we're a follower of Jesus. We have a perfectly fa- a perfect father that sits in heaven. The Bible tells us when we're sons and daughters that he's adopted us. And we have a perfect father who lives in heaven. And so we looked at the good father. And last week, <clears throat> we looked at the innkeeper. The innkeeper. Now, the innkeeper, I, I love the story about the innkeeper because Joseph and Mary, they're walking through town, and, and I don't know how many doors they knocked on. I really don't know that. That Bible doesn't tell us that. I don't know if it was the first door and that was the door, but they're knocking on doors, knocking on doors, and finally they get there to the door, and the innkeeper's like, hey, no room in the inn. You've heard the story. But the innkeeper shut the door and walked away, and something clicked in his mind. He said, I've got to go let them in. i got to go let them in. And the innkeeper made space for God to do something. And I believe in making, I believe in, I believe that God wants you and I to make space in our life for him to work. Um, fresh story right out of the, right out of the CrossFit. I'm only five minutes in, I'm already on a CrossFit reference, but, um, I, about five weeks ago, I, um, I, I met a, I met a couple at the CrossFit gym and they've been friends with the owner for a long time. And if it's on Facebook, it's public, right? I can just share what I want to share. Okay, good. She just shook her head. Yes. And and, um, and so I, I've been going there, and, and, I, and I'm lifting, and most of the time I'm talking while I'm there, but I'm lifting too, and so I'm, I'm doing both, you know. And I'm inviting people to church, and I'm hanging out, and I, I'm, I'm like having discipleship happening right there in, in the CrossFit gym. I, whoever I will listen to me, <laughs> I'll talk to them. 
and we go on a 400 meter run and I'm talking to the people to the left and right of me and sometimes um, I get there late, shocker, and I'm running by myself, I'll talk to myself, I don't care. And uh, so I'm talking, I'm inviting myself to church. And so, um, so I, was, I was there and it was literally about five weeks ago and I was talking to a, a, a couple there and I said, man, you guys ought to, you ought to come visit our church. And, and Lee, the owner, had already been inviting this couple to come to our church, so they start coming. They've been here week one, week two, week three, week four, almost, almost, maybe this week is about five weeks, I think. They've been coming to the church and get on Facebook, they're posting, we love this church, man, we're so, we're so thankful for this church, I mean, this is, God shows up at the right time, so I was emailing back, and Facebook messaging back and forth, emails for old people, I was Facebooking, messaging back and forth with, um, with Pumar, which is his last name, because I don't know his first name, but I was emailing back, I said, man, it's so cool that you're there, and he's like, man, I'm loving this, and God showed up at the right time, and and so I, I was at the gym a few weeks ago, and Lee says, hey, um, Andrea and Pumar, they've been trying to have a kid for a year, for like a straight year. And I'm like, man, let's, so he says, let's make sure we're praying for them. And, and so I was there this past week, and they found out they were pregnant. And uh, yeah, you can clap for that, for a year. And um, so I was like, man, I was super excited. I was super excited. So I get in my truck, and I get going, and and, and Lee pulls up next to me. It was the last class of the morning. And Lee, what went down? And he goes, hey. He said, I've been, you know, about four or five weeks, I've been inviting, you know, Andrea and Pumar to come to church. Isn't it funny how they made a little bit of space in their life on Sunday morning for an hour and 10 minutes and God's starting to work in their life. And I just believe when we make space, God can do some amazing things in our life. It's so hard for us to make space, though. I know that. And, but that was in the podcast last week. The reality is that when we make space, God shows up. Just shake your head yes. Just agree with me. When we make space, God shows up. And so we're going to move on today and talk about Mary. Mary. And, um, and there, Mary is, uh, Diana's like, I wanted Diana to speak today. I'm like, you need to talk about Mary because you can totally resonate with that, being a mom and, and having twins. I don't know how she had the twins, but like you can resonate with having a baby. And I said, you could do that better than I could. And she's like, no, you do it. And um, so here I am. You guys got second option today, which is me. And so um, Dinah led worship today. That's my wife. And if you're wondering, she is a better communicator than me. And my best sermons I've preached this year, Diana helped me write. And so I'm here today with this one. She did not help me write. She forced me out there. She's like, you just pushed me out there on stage and said, get out there and speak. There's a verse in the Bible in Luke chapter 1, um, Luke chapter one um, that Diana already read to you guys today. But I'd like to read um, verse 26. I'm just going to read three verses for you today because I can get through three verses. Luke chapter one, verse 26. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel, 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 Gabriel appeared to her and said, greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, we can relate with that in our culture today. Sometimes we're confused and we're disturbed. Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. And he says this, and I want to get my sermon really from this one verse in here today. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. I'm read to you one more time. And if you're, if you're taking notes or if you have a Bible today that's a physical Bible or if you have an app, you can highlight this verse online today. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found Favor. The sermon or the question I want to ask you today is, how do you go from fear to favor? How do you get from fear to favor? And if I can today, I'd like to use the extreme sides of the stage today. How do you go from fear 
to a place where God shows up or maybe God's talking to you or maybe God's asking you to do this hard, hard, hard thing. I want you to carry the son, the, 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 the king of the world. I want you to carry him. How do you go from fear and being afraid and living in fear? And, and a lot of us in here today, we can relate with fear because, man, it's hard for us. The, the world's hard and it's tricky and, and people all around us are coming at us and we have to do the right thing and whether we do the wrong thing, we live in that ability of, we have the ability to always live in fear. There's a business owner in here today that I met at a men's Bible study months ago and he said, man, I, I had to take a leap of faith to start the next, the next thing, but it's easy to be comfortable. It's easy to stay in, in fear, but how do you go from fear, from one extreme, in one sentence, this Bible says that she was afraid and she had fear, to be into the place where the Bible says she actually got to the place where she lived and she was in favor. How do you go from fear to favor? How do you go from fear to favor? And I think you're all be in tune today and because in reality that we all want to live in favor. I don't know anyone in this room here today say, you know, I don't want God's favor on my life. How many of you guys travel a lot? You're in an airplane quite a bit. Or you're maybe, yeah. Yeah, you're in a lot. You know, I saw a guy the other day post a picture. Um, Brad travels a lot. And favor of God, if you want to favor God, is that's when you, when, you, when you get on an airplane and you have no one sitting in your row. <laughs> if you fly a lot, you know that's the favor of God. Or if you're in the car a lot and you're, you're driving a, a long time. For me, the favor of God happens on, on, on some mornings. The mornings where I leave about 10 minutes late to get my kids to school. And God parts the traffic like it's the Red Sea. And I just get there. And I don't have to go extra fast. I can just go normal fast, you know. And so that's the favor of God. Have you ever met someone? You just, and I mean favor. I'm not talking about someone who has it good. I'm talking about God's favor is just dumped all over their life. They just live in the favor of God. When you talk to them, it's like, man, when they're talking, they're so composed. They're so controlled because they just have God's favor on their life. When you see them go out and they're doing things, you see when they do things, it just looks like it's just, it's just easy for them. It just looks like their life is just making sense. It looks like all the, the sun, the moon, the stars just lined up for them every single day of their life. How do you live in favor? Because we all want to. Let's help me to live in favor because I want to have the favor of God on my life. And I, I want to give you, suggest to you in just a moment, how do you go from fear to favor? But before I do, I, um, I really feel like God's favor is on our church right now. And I want to... You want to be at a church where God's favor is on that church. If he's not, you don't want to be at that church. I really feel like God's favor is upon our church. I, if you've been coming for a while and if, you're, if, you're, if, you're, if you're, this is your first time or if this isn't your church, I, you can just like a timeout. You can just like ignore me for a few moments. But today we're going to take a special offering here at our church. And we've only done this one other time. But we're doing our first ever Heart for the House offering. It's the Heart for the house offering. I'm super excited about it. I'll be honest with you, I've been nervous all week long about this offering. And the reason why I'm asking, why, the reason why I'm nervous about this offering is because this is above and beyond what we normally, what we normally give. And what we're doing with this Heart for the House offering is that we're giving it, we're giving these dollars, these resources, we're giving it away. It's going to leave our church. It's not going to help our, it's not going to help us with this. We're not going to put some money into anything that you see here today. It's going to leave our, it's going to come through our hands like God's given to us and it's going to go out our hands and it's going to go to help people. One of the people that we helped last week is we have some missionaries and we don't have a lot of missionaries at our church, but we have some friends that Diane and I personally support, but we want to start helping them. And one of the things last week when you were here, we had Chantel come and, 
and she was selling these scarves for Sifa Threads, which is a missions organization in, um, in Tanzania, Africa. And, and you guys bought like $600 worth of stuff from them. That doesn't go to her as a missionary support. That goes all back into that ministry. And that ministry is really cool because it's helping girls who either are going to sell themselves, to sell their bodies and sell everything they have and become basically slaves in the sex industry, or they're going to be educated and they're going to be, and they're going to be taught how to, how to be business owners and be business ladies and, and how to make profit by selling or making or something. So they're selling scarves. So you guys did that. And then when, one of the things that we did is we knew that I kind of cashed in on the offering that we're taking today. I cashed in a little bit early. And so we wrote her a check to Chantel and I said, and, and I laid on the bed, Diane and Chantel went out late last, we went out Sunday night. I don't know where they went. I'm not judging them, but they were out late. I fell asleep and I said, here's this check and give it to her the next morning. She had to get up and fly, drive her to the airport at like 5.30 in the morning, which she overslept. I'm not judging you though. Um, she got, she gave, we gave her this check, wrote her check for $500. And $500 for, for our church which is a lot of money. We're a church plan. We're, we're, new in the, we're new in the game. It's a lot. And so we get it to her and she said, I mean, I got that check. And she goes, I just started crying. And 500 bucks goes a long way for a mission. It goes a long way when it gets into a wire transfer or when it gets into an airplane, it goes into another, another country. It can go a far way. And we're going to do some, some special things for some missionaries that even are in this building today. They don't even know what we're going to bless them, but we're going to bless those people today. And I wrote some, I don't even know what the offering's going to be today. I really have no clue, but I wrote some checks. I told God, I said, God, I don't know what it's going to be, but I'm writing these checks. I'm going to have faith that you're going to show up and you're going to do what only you can, you can do. And um, one of the things that one of our partners um, and this is our first ever Heart for the House offering. We're believing this. This is our first one. We believe we're going to take them for the next decade and the decade to come, the decade to come. But we believe this is our first one. And one of the things that we've committed to as a church is that we give our first 10% back to the Lord. We give it back out of here. It goes to missions. It goes to helping missionaries. It goes to helping plant churches. It goes to feeding the hungry. It goes to helping homeless people get off the streets. So it goes to sex trafficking. And we want to help and we want to be compassionate. We want to serve the people that need it the most. And so we, uh, these, the first 10%, a dollar out of every $10, a dime out of every dollar, 10% goes out of this church all the time. So this is our first ever Heart for the House offering. Could that, would that, would our Heart for the Offering, if whatever we take today, would that be great for this church? Absolutely. Would it be incredible for our church? Absolutely. But we just believe that God wants us to be generous, which is our core value. So this is our first ever Heart, but one of the, heart for the house. So one of the things that we told you guys about is that we are part of the ARC network. And there's a slide they're going to show up. And ARC plants churches all around the world, and we've been able to partner with them. We are a partner with them. So this past year, because of our generosity, we were able to help start 79 churches, which is awesome. In those 79 churches, yeah, you can clap for that. That's awesome. In those 79 churches, check this, that we started, that we helped start just like us 14 months ago, there were 20,000 people in attendance in those churches that we helped start last year. Don't clap. Hang on. Hang on for two more numbers. And, or for one more number. This is when you can clap. And that 20,000 people that showed up on that launch day, day one, that was when we, when we first started our church, our very first Sunday, we had 330 people our very first Sunday. Everyone comes to check out a church, and what happens is you lose about half the people, and then you begin to grow up. That's kind of all these churches, their model has been. And the ARC has planted almost 600 churches. And we're a part of that. We're ARC church number 530-something. I'm not a numbers guy, so I don't know. Um, so 20,000, and on that launch day, on one day, on 79 different days last year, over 1,000 people gave their life to Christ. And that's awesome. We can put our hands together for God. <clears throat>
and the average attendance, you see that there's 275, which is not the most important. The most important thing is that their lives being changed. Their lives, so our heart for the house army is going to go to help and to serve people that are serving people and to help people and to, to move. And we're, I've always wanted, I want to be part of a generous church and we're becoming a generous church and go back to the heart for the house offering. I love Thanksgiving Day. 12 or 15 of you guys came and you served meals to the homeless people. A few months ago, we were able to partner with um, Feeding Children Everywhere, and we were able to purchase 2,500 meals for at-risk children in our community. 2,500 meals you, because of your generosity. And I would love to keep on doing that. Next week, it's Christmas Eve. And um, I, I know it's Christmas Eve, and we're partnering with a new, a new organization. One of the things that we do is we partner with strategic partners to help and serve. And so next week, um, next, next Saturday, from 10, to 10 a.m. to 1 p.m., we're going into a, an area in our, in our, in our city that's a very low-income area. We're going to be cooking hot dogs and high-fiving and hugging kids. And, and certain there's about 12 of you guys going to do that on Christmas Eve. That's, and that's a, huge, that's a huge feat because you're supposed to finish your Christmas shopping on Christmas Eve, but hopefully the rest of you guys are doing that. And you're like, you didn't invite me to that. I was afraid to ask everybody. But if you want to come be a part of that, you can be a part of that. But we're becoming that generous church. Uh, we have an outside CPA at our church that we've started using, and, and they keep track of every dollar that we spend. It's awesome. It's, it's good because they, we just know where all of our dollars at. But this past year, or after this year is up, we're going to have given, out of the Justice Church, we're going to have given $20,000 to missions, to helping people. Yeah, that's awesome. <clears throat> and I believe God blesses generosity. I just believe that he blesses generosity. And so we're going to, I love that. I love that number. I love numbers. I'm not good with them, but I love them. Because we want to help people. We want to help people. We want to help the hurting and the broken. That's what we want to do. And I learned that one of our overseers is here. He goes to our church, but Diana's dad, I learned that. I was at our, this week I woke up at 4 a.m. to take our, one of our, one of our uh, musicians to the airport from Lakeland. I drove that, which that's awfully early. Why do, why do airplanes move that early? I don't know. But after I went there, I went by my old office and I sat there and I walked around the hallways and I learned generosity from that house, from Orlando Baptist Church. I learned that from Diana's dad. I've been traveling the road with him for a long time, but I learned generosity from him and serving and giving. And I know, I believe this, God blesses the houses that are generous. So I believe God's blessing our church because we are, because we're generous. I really believe that. And so I don't know what we'll bring in today, but I'm very excited about it. And I just know that we're going to reach a lot more people in the next year. We're just going to keep reaching more people. And and for all the money people in here today, you're, you're probably thinking, and some of the people that are logistical money people and budget people, like, you know, $20,000, that would be huge for our church to have used that. I have some of my friends like, why did you give all that away? That's ridiculous. That's stupid. Would that $20,000 be great for us? Diane and I are working our, our bottoms off, and our dream team is awesome. But $20,000, that would be a great part-time salary person to come in and help us take off some of the pressure that we have. And yeah, that would help. That would be awesome. And we'll get there one day. But we just believe that God's called us to send out a 10% of everything that comes in. And I believe God blesses this house and God's favors on this house because we're going to be generous. We're going to love and serve people, which is what you see in all of our stuff. We're here to love all people at all times and all places. I believe God's going to bless us because of our generosity. But I'm not here today to talk about our church. I want to let you guys know about that and give you a report. I want to help you today get from fear all the way over to favor, because I want that for you. You can have a lot of money and not have God's favor on your life. 
You can have a little bit of money, but not have God's favor in your life. You can be married and not have God's favor on your marriage. You can have a lot of friends. You can have a little bit of friends. But that doesn't mean that you have favor. You can have a big house and nice cars, and all those things are nice to have, and they're not bad at all. You can have all those things, but still be missing out on the favor of God. You can have four kids. Cry yourself to sleep like I do. I'm just kidding. You can have four kids or have an abundance of kids or have one kid, and you can still not have God's. You can have whatever it is that you think that it takes to have favor from God. You can have all those things and still miss out on favor. Wes, how do I get to a place in my life where I can go from fear all the way over to favor? And I believe the way that you get from fear to favor is faith. That's what I believe. Like, Wes, you are so simple. I know. I'm not smart, but I am simple. The way that you get all the way from fear all the way over to favor is that you, you put your faith in the one who's created all things, the one that created you, the one that's given, given you life, the one that saved you, the one that's loved you, the one that's adopted you, the one that's called you. The only way to get from fear all the way over to favor is to have faith. That's the only way to do it. And I, I define faith this. Faith is simply trusting in God, and I don't put simply there because it's not simple. I know it's not, but faith is trusting God no matter what. Wes, what's the definition of faith? Faith is trusting God no matter what. Wes, I'm afraid I have this decision to make or I'm, I have this situation that I'm living in, and then I, but I want to be over here. I want to have God's favor in my life. I want to live in blessing. I want to have God's favor just dumped out of me. I want to be inundated by God's love and God's power and God's mercy. I want to move to favor, Wes, but how do I get from there to there? The way you get from there to there is that you have... And that you place your faith in God. You trust him no matter what. Trusting God no matter what. I meet so many people, countless people, person after person after person after person, which is the definition for countless. And I see them. And they want to have God's plan for life. They want to have God's favor in life, but they have zero trust in God. We want the favor without the faith. And I'm here to suggest you today that it's impossible to go from fear. You, there's no way to skip a step. I, I don't know about you guys in here today, but probably a lot of you guys like me, you, wanna, you, want, the, you want the progress. We all do. But we don't want the process. Nobody wants the process. There's a, a Brad who we work out with. He helps, um, he helps young men that have the dream to play basketball at the next level. He helps them. He helps facilitate that dream come true for them. And I was talking to him about a kid the other day that he said, man, that kid there, he's got potential to be in the NBA. And so I'm like, I got to see this guy. So I was on his Instagram and I see him just jumping above the rim and dunking. And then I watch the clips of them that you posted. And, he, and I realized that he's not, he not he's tall and he can jump, but he's tall and he can shoot from outside. And, but we see these kids that are really, really good basketball players and they, and they, they get to that level but, I, but none of, we see the progress or we see the Instagram, like, man, that's awesome. That's really cool. But we never see the process. It's hard to post on social media the process, right? Like, you're here today if you have, if you have a little baby. You're here today, but you didn't, you're not going to video what happened last night. Gabe's here today, and his little four-year-old was coughing all night long up on the couch all night long. No one's going to post that picture. They're gonna, if he's feeling better, they're going to post a little picture of this cute little kid and trendy pants, trendy shirt, cool little glasses, trendy little haircut. I would do it. I have this part. I just don't have any hair for the top part. But he, you know, no one ever posts. Not a lot of pictures get posted about the process. It's always the progress. 
It's always the favor that we, sh- that we want to post the picture. Not many people like. We want to go from fear. We want to skip faith and we just want to land in favor. And it just, it doesn't happen. I've never seen it happen before. I haven't been doing this very long, but if you show me someone who's got favor or blessing in life, not, they didn't get there easy. There wasn't a person that gave them a, a, a boost up and over and they landed in favor. The person that's living in peace that's around you, like, man, that person, they just have an ultimate peace in their life. They don't get there because they were in a bad spot and someone just picked them up and said, cool, you're going to live in peace now. And they dropped them in a, in a peace puddle, puddle of peace. That person had to work to get there. And I want to suggest to you today, if you and I are going to live in favor, we have to live in faith before we ever live in favor. You have to live in faith before you ever live in favor. I wrote this down that, about Mary today. Is that Mary, she gave her first she gave her first son. And, and God knew that she was going to do that. And God said, hey, this is what you're going to do. And she gave her first son. That's what she gave. She gave her, she gave her first. And for us as a church, I believe that God's poured his favor on the church because we give our first. Diane and I, we give our, our first back to God. We give 10%. We give, we give our first back. We spend a lot of time and effort and energy. We give our talents. We, give, we, put our, we want to put our first we want to give our first to God. And what I realize is whenever we give our first to God, everything else lines up the way it's supposed to line up. But typically we start over here and we start over here in this, in this jumbled mess. And then if there's anything left over, then we want to give and we want to serve and we want to love people. And you know what I found this about true? And this isn't just about giving your, your, your dollars, but it's about giving your, your time and, and your resources. When, it's, when, when someone needs help, I've noticed this, it's always inconvenient. <laughs> It's you, when you have a friend that wants you to help you move, they never ask you to move the, the, the eight days that you, after you got back from an eight-day vacation. They usually ask you to move when you've gone through eight days of hellacious work. No days off. That's just reality. It's always when they, we, we never get there. It's, it's, always, it's always inconvenient. It's, it's never just super easy. And we looked at Mary here today. Mary said, you know what? I, here's what Mary could have done. Mary could say, you know what? I'm going to have, I'm going to have more kids, Jesus. Let me, get, let me catch you about kid five. Is that better? That one's going to die, apparently. You know what I do? Sometimes I'm like, hey, let's break stuff because I don't want people to think we're a perfect church. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, hey, let's throw some kinks in there. Like, hey, someone go push that screen down, you know, so they know we're, just, we're human. Um, we, all, we say this at our church, we all have hurts, habits, and hangups. And um, anyways, but Mary, she gave her first son. She gave her very first son. And I also wrote down this, you can see it. Mary gave the best she had. She gave the best that she had. What would I, I wrote down this question today in my own notes. What would, have happened to, what would have happened if Mary said, God, just, I, I can't. I just, it's my first son, God. I mean, you under, you'll understand, you understand, don't you, God? I wrote down a couple things. If Mary would have stayed in fear, if she would have stayed in fear, God would have used somebody else. 
God, he would have used somebody else because his plan for the world was to send a perfect son to have a perfect savior to save the sins of the world. That was his plan, was to send it, was, was in. He could have found, you know, he used Mary, but he could have used Martha or he could have used, you know, somebody else, Michelle. He could have used somebody else with the M name. I don't know, but he could have used somebody else, but he decided, and she decided, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be used from God. She went from fear to having faith and she landed in favor. She decided, I'm gonna go with God, she gave the best she had and she gave her first. So if she wouldn't have though, God would have used somebody else. And I also wrote on this, if God would have, if Mary wouldn't have trusted God, she would have missed the blessing. She would have missed the blessing. And, and I'm, I'm gonna land here, I'm, I'm done. I've said a lot today. But here's what I want for you. I, I want God to bless our church. I want God to have favor on church. I do, but you know what, more than anything, I want God's favor on your life. I'm going to make sure that I'm living in faith. I'm going to do my best to work in faith, and it's hard, and it's, it's, a, it's a tough sometimes. I want to make sure I live in faith because I want God's favor in my life. I can control whether or not God, or God has favor in my life. I can control that. I can't control that for Brad or, or Lexa. Or I can't do that for anyone here today. I can't train that. I can't hold that for, for Dave, Donna, Derek, Diana, Dustin, Daniil. That's all of Diana's siblings and her mom and dad. I can't do that for any of them. I can't. I can hold whether or not I'm going to live in faith I can, I, can, I can take care of that for me. I can, I can take care of that for, for my family and, and my four kids. I'm going to make sure that I work super hard and live in this area of faith because I want God's favor in my life. And more than I want God's favor in my life, God wants his favor on my life. And God wants his favor on your life. If things are good and you're not living in God's favor, could you imagine what God's favor would look like on your life? It's tough talking about favor and blessings because I can't put a picture of what that looks like on a screen. And I don't even do a good enough job communicating it. I'm barely good at using regular words. It's hard for me to communicate blessing and favor on God. It's hard for me to communicate that to you and to convince you. You wanna know why I know it's hard for me to communicate and to convince it to you? Because I see so many people who aren't living in the favor of God. So sometimes I'm like, man, how come they don't, how come they don't, why don't they, why don't they want that? Why wouldn't they want God's favor in their life? Why wouldn't they want to use their resources to help and love and serve people? Why wouldn't they want to use their time, their talent, and their ability to serve and to love and to give you? Why wouldn't they want to do that? And sometimes I think it's because of my lack of communication. Faith is mentioned in the Bible over and over and over and over again. The bad news is that we probably don't talk about it enough. I want God's favor on your life. Can I ask you a question? Do you want God's favor on your life? Do you? I do. I'll be honest with you guys today in here. The dream that I have for this church is so stupid big. It's probably too big. I was thinking about that this week and I'm like, and God was like, Wes, that sounds dumb. Why don't you say that? Put those words back in your mouth. Sometimes I'm like, God, would you just drop the resources in, our, in, in through our people's hands, let them go out? Because I know where we're going. I was on the phone for an hour to helping some other guy get to where he wants to go. When I got on the phone, I'm like, why am I talking about him where I want to, where he wants to go? I want to go where I want to go. I had dinner with Randy and Debbie this week, and I just, I was telling them, and I just, I know where I want to go. I know where I want to land. I know I want to see this happen again and again and again. And again, I know, I know, I know, I know what it looks like. And God's like, well, let's keep dreaming. 
keep dreaming. Don't stop dreaming. I heard someone say this week, oh, there are, you wanna know where the most amount of dreams are? The most amount of dreams in the entire world, they're in one place. A cemetery. And West, like, God was like, Wes, don't let your, don't let your dream die. But you know what he reminded me? He said, Wes, just stay faithful. <laughs> Man, I wanna be there. I wanna be on the other side. I do. I wanna be in the favor always. I wanna be, I wanna be reaching more people. We've seen 100 people come to know Christ as their Savior. I wanna see the next 100 people come to know Christ. It's weird because it took us a year, a year and a couple months to see 100 people come to know Christ, but I want 100 more people to come to Christ next week for Christmas Eve service. <laughs> I wrote down this in my notes. I want, I want all that I have. I want all that I have to be used for God. I want all that I have to be used for God. There's times when I've said no to going to speak at FCA right here, and, and God was like, you idiot. I set up a place for you to go and share the gospel, and you don't want to go share the gospel. It was inconvenience, God. I want to go work out instead. And God was like, you're an idiot. I want to use all that I have for God. That's what I want. I want my resources. I want my time. I want my talent, my ability. Whatever I got, I want to all be used for God. I also wrote down this. And maybe you want to write it down too. When we trust God a little, He trusts us with more. When we trust God with little, He trusts us with more. And I want all that I have I want to follow this book. I want to follow this book and I want to love people. That's what I want to do. And this book calls me to use all that I have for him. This book calls me to love people. This book has called me to live in faith so that I can land in favor. That's what I want for my life and that's what I want for your life. This isn't about me. I can only control me and my family. I want you. So um, I'm going to end with this. Oh, one more thing. Whatever you want out of life, give it away. Whatever you want out of life, give it away. You want resources? You want more financial resources? I don't, and there are many one who said no to that, by the way. If you're like, man, I love that. Start giving it away. It's so simple to me. God can't put any more in your hand if you don't let what's in your hand leave out of your hands. We're gonna take this offering today, this Heart for the House offering. And this has been a tight month. This last month, um, this last month for us has been tight. Diana spent way more for Christmas than she should have. <laughs> um, but I, um, I wrote a check out today. It's not even filled out yet, I, but I wrote a check out. I don't, I don't even write a check. I don't even write checks. I give all, I do all of our giving at the church online. And, um, and I was like, God, things are tight, and I know this. And so I started start throwing numbers at God. That's usually how I roll. I start throwing numbers at God and see if he can, he can catch up with them, you know? And uh, this week I was praying, and I was like, God, I, I want us to give this much. Can you just help us out? Can you give us, can you, can you I want to part I asked you guys four weeks ago, would you just pray about whether or not God would have you be a part of this offering? And so I began to pray, and I began to pray, and I began to pray. I got to the end of my prayer, and I'm like, all right, God, it's, I, here's what I want. And so... Um, I went and I went this week and as I started thinking about what I would give and 
I, wa- I was somewhere this week and someone gave me a check for 100, uh, gave me $100 cash and they gave me, they gave me $30 worth of Starbucks gift cards. And I'm like, great, I'm gonna drink that. And, um, and I'm like, all right, God, that's not enough. We're, I'm, I, I'm gonna give more, God. I know you called to give me more. And, and um, I had a guy call me this weekend, Derek, who led us up here today, he owns a roofing business. And he taught me probably eight years ago how to sell roofs. And so every once in a while, at the right time, God, someone will say, hey, I need a roof. And I'll, I'll go up there and I'll measure a roof. You can imagine me, not in skinny jeans. They're looser jeans and I have a little bit more rubber sole shoes. I'm, I measure a roof and I can measure a roof. So I got a call this weekend. A guy said to me, I'm putting a roof on my house in the new year. And I want, does Derek, still, you still, I said, yeah. I said, let's measure that thing next week. And I, and, I, and I stopped for a second, and I don't know what that's going to be. I don't know how much to make, but you know what I realized? I was like, all right, God, I see you. Because I just know for me, when, and know for my life and for our, for our life, whenever we've written a check, whenever we've done something for help someone or to give someone, we just realize this, whenever we trust God a little, he always trusts us with more. And sometimes I don't like to give. You want to know why? Because God always gives it back to me. I'm like, then why did I give it? Why don't we just why don't we call it even? <laughs> Why don't we just call it evens? You have a rubber band in the seat in front of you or around you. Find, everybody find a rubber band. This rubber band is small. This rubber band goes on my, you can't even barely see it. This rubber band goes on about three or four pieces of uh, dry cleaning that I get. And I, so I have these little rubber bands are all on my floor in my closet. My wife probably hates them. She's never told me that. But I just take them off and let them drop on the floor like a typical guy would do. There's a place for it, you know. And these rubber bands, I've been getting them for a year. I've tra- when I moved out here a year and a half ago, I got a new dry cleaner, and my dry cleaner didn't use these, but this dry cleaner does. They put these rubber bands on my stuff all the time. And this is a small rubber band. It's tiny. <laughs> the only rubber band that's smaller than this is the rubber band that my wife uses to put my little daughter's hair in piggy tails. Nothing smaller than that. But I realized this week that faith a lot of times is like this rubber band. This, is, this represents faith today. And here's how it works is when God calls you and God says, hey, I want you to partner with me. I want to partner with you in this, Wes, or I want to be a part of this with you, Wes. I want to help you out. This. I, I begin to automatically start feeling the stretch. <laughs> I start feeling the stretch. And the, but here's the deal about the stretch. I realize that even the couple of t- the pools I pull this from in, this rubber band begins to get stretched out. And it begins to get loose. And I can, I can make this rubber band loose. And this rubber band is really small. Maybe it's a half an inch. But now it's maybe three or two or three inches. And it can get wider and wider and wider and wider. But I realize this with God. That whenever, I, whenever I'm trying to get to favor, whenever I'm going from fear to favor, He starts to stretch me. He stretches my time out. He stretches my, my checkbook out. Is that on your right? Three checks a year. But He starts stretching me out. But sometimes, I haven't got this far yet, but sometimes the rubber band breaks. Like, it's like so far, I'm like, God, come on. And it breaks. But here's what I realize about God sometimes, a lot of times, is when rubber band breaks, God's like, hey, don't worry. <laughs> I've got another one for you, Wes. You, you can do more, Wes. You can help more. You can love more people. You can serve more people. You can share the gospel more, Wes. And God always shows up with a bigger rubber band. Always does. And to be honest with you here today, a lot of us here today, you, we all have different size rubber bands. My finger hurts. <laughs> we all have different size rubber bands in this room here today. And it represents the fact that we all have different size faith. I don't want to live in this zone. <laughs> I don't even want to live in this zone. 
There's a bigger rubber band that I, can't, I didn't get to bring up here today. You wanna know where it's at? You know where it's at? There's a bigger rubber band. It's over on, it's over right behind T1 Flats in the CrossFit gym. It's huge. And this rubber band is strong and you can put it up on a bar. When I first got there four weeks ago, I, I couldn't do a pull up. I was weak. You don't want a weak pastor. Make sure your pastor's strong. I couldn't do a pull up. I'm like, this is embarrassing. Me and all the girls with our big old rubber bands. <laughs> like I want to be strong enough to, be a, to do a pull up. So I got that stinking rubber band up there and you loop the rubber band on there and you can step, step your foot in that thing and that thing can, it can pull you up and down. It's easy. The first couple times I'm like, Ding! like it was like a play toy. And Lee looked at me after the class and he's like, hey bud, switch to a different rubber band. I see you're sandbagging, which I do a lot. <laughs> and there's smaller ones that the degree got heavier. Yesterday it was a thousand meter row, it was 50 thrusters and it was 30 pull-ups. And fast as you can do it. And yesterday, 30 pull-ups, no rubber band. I hated every minute of it. But you know what I realized in my life? That God stretches me, and He stretches me, and He stretches me, and He stretches me, and I can do so much more than I think I can do. In my own life, and in your life today, if you're gonna go from this fear all the way over to this favor, you gotta start having faith. Put a little faith in it. Now you bow your head and close your eyes. I'm way out of time, but we're done.